I'm Andy Adu. It's the 21st of August, and this is Thought Press. The summer is coming to an end. Kids go back to school. Weather begins getting cooler, but memories of summer remain. Joan Sylvie takes us to the Michigan State Fair, where each year thousands of people come to play games, eat, and learn about agriculture. That was its original purpose, as much of the country was employed through farming. It's changed over the years, but when you have urban dwellers who seldom think about where their food comes from, milking a cow or seeing livestock can be a good thing. NASA is still in the news, and they won't be launching the space shuttle until March. It's about safety, and many felt the Discovery launch was too rushed. Also, President Bush is going on a week-long tour trying to convince Americans that the U.S. troops fighting overseas is keeping America more secure. We ask for your thoughts. And finally, the church celebrates World Youth Day in Germany, the Pope's home country. I'm Andy Otto, and these stories are next on Thought Press. I'm Andy Otto. Welcome to this brief Thought Press, where it's news plus more, and where we provide you with stories and sounds of the world, making you think and find things you knew you never cared about. Thanks for listening. If you love Thought Press, spread the word and give us your feedback. You can let us know what you think anytime by emailing us at thoughtpress@gmail.com. You can call our listener line at 206-33-THINK. That's 206-338-4465. And our website is thoughtpress.blogspot.com. Briefly, as you may have heard, NASA will not be launching the shuttle until at least March. They want to be sure the threat of launch debris damage has been removed. Flight Chief William Gerstenmayer says March is simply a planning date. We shouldn't be thinking of the launch date as March. We put a planning target out there, and now we're going to go do a detailed engineering assessment and analysis and start seeing if that makes sense. And then when we've, a couple weeks have gone by and we've got enough intelligence together, then we can pick a launch date. A group of seven experts of the shuttle safety modification team blames NASA for a rushed discovery launch. Their report said they focused too much on an unrealistic launch date. NASA Chief Michael Griffin. We've worked hard at NASA over the last two and a half years to improve that situation that led to the loss of Columbia. But we don't suppose that we're done. And one of the reasons why I was very receptive to the minority report was because we can't get done unless we're willing to listen to all of the hard truths. Hopefully this extra time will be beneficial for the future of the space program and the shuttle safety. Well, young people from all over the world uh, are gathered in a huge field near the German city of Cologne, singing and dancing and waiting for the Pope to celebrate the Roman Catholic Church's 20th World Youth Day. From the early hours of the morning, hundreds of thousands of young people have been making their way to a huge field at Marinfield, a former open-pit coal mine. That's where the Pope will be holding a vigil Saturday night and a Mass on Sunday. They're carrying guitars, flags, sleeping bags, and backpacks with everything they may need. They will be spending the night together, singing and praying. These young people have come from countries all over the world. The music began very early as the first crowds of youngsters started to arrive. Volunteers handed out bread, candles, and rain jackets as dark clouds gathered overhead. It's great. It's just the weather is a bit of a problem, but it's fantastic, said 17-year-old Melissa Bogosi on her first trip outside of her country, Namibia. Her friend, Fabiola Kajupu, is 21 years old, and she says she's honored to be here. Both are excited to meet the Pope, even though they know they will only see him for, from a distance. 
Quote, I would like the Pope to talk about forgiveness, as there is a lot of war and things going on in the world. Yeah, and to encourage young people to attend masses, she said. These youngsters say it's incredible to see just how many young people have turned out for this 20th World Youth Day. They're hoping to hear the words of guidance from the Pope. Stephen Colagiovanni is from Fresno, California. He is convinced the youth have an important role to play in tomorrow's world. Quote, we really need to be a light of the world because all of the hard times we're going through right now, he said. And the youth are the ones coming out, and the youth are the future of the church, and the youth are the church. So we need to stand up for all we believe in and go up there and spread the word of God, unquote. Thousands of emergency personnel, first aid volunteers, and security officials have been deployed for the World Youth Day Festival. Organizers say up to a million people could turn out to see the Pope. Well, the summer's coming to a close as kids head back to school, but the summer brings special events and things to do for families. In Michigan, you'll find just this, and people aren't just having fun. Some are learning about agriculture. Joan Sylvie brings us a sound of summer. I think they're really cool. I don't get to see them a lot. You saw the baby pigs, didn't you? Some were sleeping and some were busy being fed by their mama. Rachel Shockey and her grandmother are two of the roughly half million visitors who attend the Michigan State Fair every year. It's the country's oldest state fair, first held in 1849. Originally, it moved around Michigan each year. But in 1905, State Fair Director John Hertel says it settled here in Detroit for good. It is in the state's largest city and the state's largest county. It is one hour's drive time or less for over half the state's population. Now that's where a state fair should be. The fair's original purpose was to showcase agriculture, which once employed a majority of Americans. But society changed. The number of people engaged in farming steadily declined. And in Michigan, the auto industry began to grow, drawing more and more workers to the cities. But Mr. Hertel says the importance of agriculture and livestock at the state fair has not declined. It's actually increased. We used to have a, a population that even in the 50s and 60s had a lot of relatives that lived on the farm. There's not much of that anymore. And so the almost the only opportunity people get to find out is at a state fair. And so what we've done at this state fair is to actually reinvigorate our effort to bring in more and more agriculture each year. And the more agriculture we bring in, the more popular the fair seems to get. One of the most popular efforts this year is the Miracle of Life exhibit, where animals are born on site. Visitors have had a chance to see newborn calves, piglets, lambs, goats, and other livestock. Livestock includes everything from pigeons to ducks to poultry to rabbits to goats, uh, cows, horses, pigs, the whole gamut, everything that involves agriculture. Rod Jordan is in charge of all that livestock. 
He says Americans have gotten so far removed from the source of their food that the livestock and agriculture exhibits at the state fair fill an important educational niche. And I think that's one of the major reasons why the agricultural people you see here, no matter what they're showing, whether it be dairy cattle or whether it be beef cattle or horses or whatever, are bringing the story of the family farm to the urban setting, which is the Detroit State Fair. Many of the people that come in this barn, we happen to be setting in the dairy barn, have never seen a cow give milk. All they see the milk is in a plastic bottle in a, in a store. You can go over here on the other side of this building from where we are, and you can actually milk a cow. And it's primarily for kids, but again, it's education. We're trying to educate kids as to what the farmer does and where the products that they enjoy came from. As at every state fair, the Michigan organizers gradually expanded beyond an agriculture theme and added rides, games, and entertainment. Fair director John Hertel says that's a big draw for today's urban and suburban fairgoers. And while at the beginning it was mostly in the direction of what's agricultural America doing, it changed quite rapidly. Uh, in the late 1800s and even more rapidly in the early 1900s in terms of becoming a place where there was more and more of an interaction of what machines are available, what inventions are available, and then what was added to it was the component of uh, really a festival, having fun. On the fair's midway, crowded with brightly painted rides, blaring music, games of chance, and people eating popcorn, Gail Dinkins strolls along the walkway. She's been coming to the fair for more than 30 years and says rides like these are what draw her here. But she enjoys the agriculture and livestock exhibits, too, adding that they offer a valuable experience for people who now live in cities and suburbs. Because it's something that you can still show your kids. That's something, you know, it's like teaching them something every day, that they can learn that this is how life could be or could have been. And still is for the roughly 50,000 farms in Michigan whose industry generates $40 billion annually. That makes agriculture the second most important economic sector in the state. Each summer, in the heart of the auto industry, it gets its place in the spotlight at the Michigan State Fair. I'm Joan Silvey in Detroit. President Bush is giving Americans and troops more justification for the war. He is trying to convince Americans the U.S. troops fighting in Iraq will make them safer at home. Less than 40% of Americans approve of the way the president is handling the war. In his effort to regain support, he will be speaking to Idaho National Guardsmen, thanking them for their devotion and courage, and he will be going to Texas, where anti-war protesters are vigiling outside his ranch for those who have died in the war. Former Georgia Senator Max Cleland said, quote, We are running out of time. We need a strategy to win in Iraq or an exit strategy to leave. The present course will lead us to disaster. More of the same just means more precious blood spilled in the desert. Unquote. The president says there is no timetable for withdrawing troops. This almost a month after Republican Representative Walter B. Jones from North Carolina introduced a resolution calling for the president to form a plan by the end of the year to withdraw the troops. President Bush says a timetable for a withdrawal would be a sign of weakness for the United States. Your thoughts? Is it time to slowly withdraw troops? Would that signal that the U.S. is weak? Send your thoughts to thoughtpress at gmail.com. 
or take a moment to call 206-33-THINK. Any comments you leave for us will always be on the next podcast. That number again is 206-338-4465. You can also head to thoughtpress.blogspot.com and post your comments there. I'm Andy Otto, and you've been listening to Thought Press. You can always follow up on any links or stories we mention on any of our shows at our website, thoughtpress.blogspot.com. Send us an email, support us with the podcast Alley Vote on our website, or if you love Thought Press, you can help with a donation through our site. Don't forget, it's thoughtpress.blogspot.com. Call our listener line at 206-33-THINK if you have something to say or would like to be on the show. That's 206-338-4465. Our audio is hosted by archive.org and select content is provided by Voice of America. Check out our website and don't forget to drop us a vote, thoughtpress.blogspot.com.